Howdy, y'all. I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie, and welcome to Sumo Kaboom, where we talk about all things sumo. That's right. And today's episode started with a very simple question. Yeah. What in the world do professional sumo wrestlers do around the holidays? Yeah. I mean, I, are they practicing? Or yeah. Like, what are they doing? What are, do they celebrate Christmas? Like well, that's because they're. It's not a Christian country. Very few people are Christian in Japan. So, what do these guys do? They have a Christmas tree. Well, we're gonna discuss. And it. my voice got really high like that <laughs> as I was wondering these things. What do these guys do around Christmas time? So that's what this whole episode is based on. But first, newsflash. It's time to buy your goods from redbubble.com for uh, Sumo Kaboom. If you would like to support us, we have so many silly stocking stuffer gifts in our store. So it's very helpful. Actually, at this point, you if you did regular snail mail, you won't get it by Christmas. <laughs> But you'll you'll buy our love. <laughs> you'll buy our love. But you could get it like on January third for like that relative that you're like, uh, you're not really gonna see or somebody you, you don't yourself. care about. You could get it for yourself. Yeah, for yourself. Yeah. But you could expedite it. You could do that Absolutely. and maybe get it by Christmas. But anyway, it helps uh keep us going and it uh, keeps our operational costs a little bit down. So anyway, thank you for all those people who have bought things already. That's really yes. great. Thank, thank you, you so thank much. Thank you, thank you. Every time I get a notification on my my phone. This is somebody has bought something. I do a little happy dance. So just yeah. know that you are yeah. spreading joy. Yeah. And we hear it downstairs. We're like, what is Laurie doing? <laughs> anyway, we talk like old timey people in our house. What is Laurie doing? I'm dancing. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we got a really nice email from a listener who's a fan of our show. And she wanted to know specifically, like it's that thing you just cannot figure out and yes. you've just got to figure out. So she reached out to us in desperation and I sense her desperation. And I, I now, <laughs> I mean, I was like, we've got to find out for this lady yes. what this is. She went to some tournaments and she got close enough to the wrestlers to smell them. And she said it was like, they smelled like baby powder just like perfect and yummy and it comes down to their hair wax and she wanted to know what type of hair wax it was so that she could possibly put it in her husband's That's hair. That's right her husband has some luscious locks I guess so Annie this is for you and actually I found this answer by way of the Grand Sumo Breakdown, fellas. Yeah, a couple of guys, so, uh, four guys in Iowa had your answer, actually. Yes, <laughs> that's right. So big thank you to Grand Sumo Breakdown for this. Okay, so the smell that you love so much, Annie, is the smell of Bintsuke. Bintsuke. And the way to spell that is B-I-N-T-S-U-K-E. Bintsuke. Bintsuke. It's either a wax or an oil. If it comes in a wax, you put it on your hands, it melts in your hands into an oil, and then you put it on your hair. Oh, I wonder if you could put this on your body. You, well, I bet. <laughs> you might be yes, like real greasy could. in the sheets. Well, here's the thing. So sumo, sumo wrestlers use this. Geishas use this on their wigs. When the geishas have the wigs well, that you can't stay not up fly really away. That's right. The, everything needs to stay yeah, in place. Yeah, it's got to stay in place. You can't fly away. Uh, also, kabuki actors use it yes. as well. So... Annie, if you go to this store on eBay or on the web, it's called Hanari-ya, H-A-N-N-A-R-I-Y-A. 
A. They import goods from Japan. And search for Tokoyama Bentsuke Geisha Wax for yes. styling Japanese wigs. It is the same <laughs> stuff. Or husbands. Yes. For styling the long locks, long locks of your husband. Yeah, it's the same stuff. You can buy it there. And as a really wonderful aside here, I found out in my research on this that in the late 1990s, there were sumo trading cards that actually had the aroma of bentsuke in it. <gasps> they don't make them anymore, but they had... What? Little patches of this thin felt. Well, they need felt. to bring them back. I know. They had this thin felt on the card with Bintsuke on them so that you could get the whiff of a sumo wrestler in your trading card. And I just want to say thank you for putting the aroma of Bentsuke on that trading card and <laughs> not the actual aroma of probably what it smells like when all these young boys do a, sumo. A dirty mawashi? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I just think it's a brilliant idea. Why don't they make those anymore? Why do they not make scratch and sniff stickers that I, have wrestlers on love... them? Okay, well, that's going to be in our new Redbubble store. We have to figure out. Yeah. We're going to make this happen. Annie, happy shopping. All right. Now let's talk about the wrestlers. Ted Inafuji is back at practice with one week off. He said he's feeling normal, just doing fundamentals now and aiming to again do well in January. He wants double digits again, and he wants to finish his 20s. He's 29 years old, which is hard for me to believe, with like a good conclusion and then enter his 30s. To me, when I watch him, I'm like... I feel like he's, he's like 49. my age. Like I feel like he's older, but he's still like such a baby. I know he's twenty nine, going on forty five. Oh, anyway, Takakesho is also back at practice. I mean, it should be assumed. I mean, he's doing the basics after a week off again and rest. And he said he really appreciated being able to eat whatever he wanted to on his break, which he mentioned specifically was yakiniku or grilled meats, which I love. Uh, yakiniku. Night. Well, and we know he loves a hamburger too. Yeah, he loves. Yeah, he loves he the meats. He grew up on those. He loves the meats, <laughs> and was didn't his dad? Yeah, he was like force fed him hamburgers. Yeah, you know what? I'm not ashamed to admit I love a quarter pounder with cheese. <laughs> okay, so reflecting about what we talked about last week, I feel like Takakesho might have listened to our podcast oh? because he spoke specifically to what we were discussing, which was like, can he make Yokozuna? He was asked about that. And he admitted he considers himself kind of unique in that he knows he's a pusher thruster and he's trying for Yokozuna. He says, if I stop the possibility myself, like in my own mind, I will be kind of stuck there for the rest of my life, not moving forward. I think that's kind of what he was trying to say. It's thought kind of to be an impossible thing to be a pusher thruster as a Yokozuna. But he mm. said, I have no choice but to do push sumo. There's something I've always been aiming for since I was a little kid, and that's being a Yokozuna. So I want to do that. As far as the next tournament and taking the Yokozuna's rope, I will concentrate on what lies ahead and take it one day at a time, just like in the tournament. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect answer. Yeah. So thank I... you for listening, Takakesho. We really yeah. appreciate you being a listener. And we really are behind you. We're supporting you. We want you to get it. We want this for you. Yes. We do. Also at the same stable, I just like to feature him because I just love him. Takano Show. He was interviewed by phone and said about the next tournament, he really wants to do his best, of course, with a feeling that the next big like move up in the ranks amongst the wrestlers, he wants it to be him. 
you know? Yeah. And he was kind of referring to Takesho and he was like becoming an Ozeki. He's like, I, I want it to be me next, which is really sweet. He thinks he's really having a good year. And I would agree with yeah, that. Yeah, he is. And um, he is in a position to aim for Ozeki. He's concentrating, though, only on what's in front of him, saying, if I think about it too hard, I, I will not be able to focus. So I want to concentrate mostly on January without being too conscious about the rest of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's all I have for Newsflash. Perfect. Let's jump into history. History of... Christmas in Japan. <laughs> like, should we do this episode? Yes, we should. To do about wrestlers, but it does. Because you know what? We were just wondering, what are they doing during the holidays? So I'll tell you. A little bit of history. St. <laughs> <Saint> Francis Xavier. <laughs> Can, I thought you were going to start with way back in the Edo period. No, it's actually before the Edo period. <laughs> In 1549, yes, St. Francis Xavier, St. Francis Xavier came to Kagoshima and it was he was the first Jesuit missionary and he had a tiny bit of a success. To, I'm sorry, to Japan. Yeah. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So, um those missionaries get everywhere. They do. <laughs> So they're like, I'm going to Japan. So he did. And he had a little bit of success, but mostly people were just like kind of not interested in like Christianity. These guys are pretty serious. They were just like, hey, like we already have like our two religions, which is like maybe one too many. We're like Buddhist and Shinto. So like, and currently, like you mentioned in Japan, one, maybe 2% of the population is Christian. But the very first Christmas celebration in Japan was actually held in 1552 with St. Francis Xavier's arrival and a couple of years after he made it happen. We love a celebration. Sure. So actually Christmas goes way back in Japan. That's a long time. It is 1549. a long time. 1549. Okay. But it must have been a small celebration around well, one guy. In Kagoshima. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but okay, so then... This is the year 1614. Okay. okay. So we skipped another 70, 65, 70 years. Um, it was banned because oh. Japan grew suspicious of Christians. I mean, I don't blame them. Like, <laughs> we bring our Christianity anywhere we can to anybody's listening. Um so, you know, I imagine they started baptizing people and the shogun, Tokugawa Yasu, he was like, no, 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 this is too much. You guys are speaking in tongues. Yeah. It's too much. Who knows? I don't know if they did that back then, but whatever. Either. It was too much. He banned Christianity and its practitioners, which basically sent some underground Christians um, underground. Oh. And they're actually called Kakure Kurishitan. Oh, great. Yeah. Cut to... 250 years later. Oh, so there was they hid a- for a long time. <laughs> they kept time. that light under a bushel very for quite a while. Very far under there. But do not keep Christians down. We will come back and we will with our religion in your face. Mine, I'm, I'm going to let, let it shine. shine. I think we're okay with the song rights on that Okay, one. I think we are too. <laughs> All right. So in 1871... Santa Claus is back in town. 1871. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Japan reopens its doors at this time to the world. This was during the Meiji Restoration, which allowed a certain freedom of lifestyle and religion uh, for the people. So celebrations like Christmas weren't really banned anymore. And Santa Claus made his very first appearance officially in 1874. Okay. Okay. So by 1904, Christmas showed up in Japan and... Um, They were, like, eating it up. And then somewhere in 1907, the Christmas cake came to be. (gasps) 
cakey and that we'll, which we'll talk about in a second. Yes, we're going to come back to that. Yeah, we'll come back Put to it. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. Um, uh, back burner that. And then by 1930, the Japanese were officially apeshit for Christmas. I wouldn't say apeshit. I would say more like bonkers. I think they just were like, okay. We're in. We're in. We're buying in because this is a great holiday. We have Santa already. Right. And we think that this is about all these really wonderful things. So we're in. Right. But then World War II happened. Oh. Wah, wah. And from 18... No, sorry. And from... <laughs> not say, 18. 18. Get your years right. <laughs> okay. This is, I'm not the biggest history buff, but, <laughs> but even I, know, I was like, no, 18? No. <laughs> 19. So from 1939 to 1945, the actual years of the war, the Japanese kind of soured on the idea of an American Christmas. Yes. But then, post-war... It came back into fashion as the U.S. had a very big influence on Japan's rebuilding after the war. And it turns out the Japanese love Christmas. Well, they love the traditional, all the bells, the whistles of Western culture. So it has stuck up to now. And Christmas is a really big deal. Now, we should say right here that we're two ladies sitting in a closet <laughs> in Texas talking about, about what it's like in, in Japan. Japan. We so don't know. If, and we only know this from searching the internet. So if someone is listening to this and you're like, what a load of hogwash this is, please contact us and let us know. No, that don't we're wrong. contact us. Yes. We don't want to know that. We just want to know that. I just know, know that we. Got it straight from the internet. The internet <laughs> has let you down and has let us down. But, you know, email us and tell us if we're way off track or if we're forgetting something. Right. Yeah. We do like to know if we're forgetting something. Yes. I do not like to know if we're off track. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. Okay, so, um, but not really. All right, so what does this have to do with wrestling? A lot. I would have to say not much, but yes, a lot. <laughs> because. What are the wrestlers doing during exactly. the holidays? They're boys. They're young men. They're in their teens. They're in their 20s. They are living with the holidays. Yes. And I you think. You can't avoid them. Yeah. And it's a big holiday season. So the Christmas lights and decorations all go up and they really meld well with the celebration of lights. And actually at other Japanese shrines and festivals, such as the Chichibu Night Festival that kicks off the holiday season on December 2nd and 3rd in Saitama. And that's just like a short, you know. Uh, what's that? Do you throw a pebble? Stones throw. That's a stone throw. I was like, it's a short uh, pebble. Rock, rock throw. Ass over tea kettle. Uh, ass, ass over teacups. Tea what? Uh, anyway, that's not that far from Tokyo. So, and that festival has like a big float parade with paper lanterns and lights and music and fireworks. So, December is full of celebrations and events. And my research of what people do around the holidays in Japan, I really landed on this idea of winter illuminations. Japanese winter illuminations keeps coming up in, like if you were to look at any sort of tourist info for Japan in December, that is what comes up big and clear. And okay, we love our light displays in America. Well, so do, so do Jewish people and their Hanukkah is the festival of lights. Well, like, don't yes. we have a whole bunch of light festivals this time of year from we, all different religions? We absolutely do. But I'm not talking religion. <laughs> at all. I'm talking flat out LED, really pretty light displays. Okay. Like imagine, you know, when you go to a mall here in Texas and 
every tree is covered from branch to trunk yeah. with LED lights. Yeah, we do it up light. We we definitely have we, yeah, serious light bills. Yes. Well, it seems like the Japanese people enjoy the same thing. They love tree displays, like lights all over the trees. But even beyond that, if you go to botanical gardens, they are just taken over at this time of the year with winter illuminations, with light shows. There's music. There's, there's lights on the ground. There's lights in the air. There's lights flashing. If you go to the aquarium, you see the big, huge whale that's covered in, in lights. lights. Yes. A real whale colored, covered in the, lights? Yes, there's a big, huge whale. Just do yourself a favor. A someday. live whale? Um, yes, totally. Outside the water, <laughs> okay. hanging out in front of the aquarium, covered in lights. I was like, please clarify. Lights. There's like a whale that there's, they've draped with lights it's, somewhere into the water? some sort of big whale that's right outside the Tokyo Aquarium, like right in the front. Oh, and like at the Natural History Museum, like where they have one, a, a big one hanging from yeah, the ceiling. Yeah, it's but, a fake one. Well, but this one's kind but of like size? on the front of the building. It's like it's part of the building itself. And okay. somehow lights okay. are part. It's so just, it's not a real live whale. No, okay. no, it's really not. But I mean, imagine lights over walkways, under walkways, hillsides, bridges. I mean, everywhere you could think of to put lights, <laughs> there's lights. <laughs> Spoken again from two ladies sitting just, in a closet in Texas. We just know it's covered in lights well, over there. Well, uh, just do yourself a favor and Google Japanese winter illuminations, and you will find just YouTube video after YouTube video it's of amazing, beautiful outdoor evening displays of lights, like at the Tokyo Station, outside the Botanical Gardens, like uh, many of the big Hibiya Park in Japan. Any sort of big open area spot in Tokyo, you're going to find beautiful displays. So I like to imagine these sumo wrestlers being like, hey, let's get out tonight. Let's go find some pretty lights. Let's walk around and see what we can see. They right. could be doing that at this time They year. could, or they could be attending Bonenkai, which are forget the year parties. And that's the one Enho's going to show up at. When... Forget the year party? <laughs> or no show? specifically forget November boss show. <laughs> party, which is an opportunity for people to get together to look back over the year and drink away their bad memories and cut loose. So I think there'll be a number of sumo-related Bonenkai parties. Uh, also, December 23rd used to be the emperor's birthday. And so even though he abdicated and there's like a new emperor's, you know, birthday, which would be a national holiday. Yes. For at least, well, since 1989, people have been celebrating December 23rd. So it's like there's kind of these holidays that kind of all bunch up together around Christmas. So yeah. people are out of work, having a good time. Hanging with their family. Yeah. And I remember when I was there, actually going to the theme park, Tokyo Disneyland, there were so many people that were at the park. And actually, Tokyo Disney is a big part of the cult. winter illumination. Yes. I was just going to say, they Disneyland great, yeah. is known for its outdoor lighting in December as well. Yeah, I mean, we made up a whole different show that we performed specifically for the holidays that was all big band music classics. And Japanese people knew just as much as we do about the lyrics and would sing along to White Christmas and all these other, which you would think normal, like American holiday traditions, they honored as well, which is really beautiful. Yeah, They love our Christmas. And have made it their own, but in their unique way. So Japanese kids actually have picked up on the magic of Santa Claus, uh, too. And they have adopted it. They call him Santa-san. And uh, there's also another Japanese gift 
bringer or gift giver, and his name is Hotoyosho. And that is a Japanese god of good fortune from Buddhism who also brings gifts to kids. So while we're doing Christmas here in the USA, perhaps Hakuho and Kakaru and all the other wrestler dads are putting presents out for their children from Santa-san or Hotoyosho and saying, um, Merry Christmas. And that's supposedly how you say it. Aww. And maybe Ishiura is playing Santa-san on Christmas Eve or perhaps... A little Santa-san. A little Santa-san. And then maybe perhaps like a doting father like Tamawashi is baking holiday sweets for his two little ones. Who knows? He could be. That's right. Who knows? He might be making the Christmas cake for Oh yeah. Okay, so one. what is specifically okay. this so, cake? First of all, I have to say in learning my Japanese, I was delighted by the fact that the word for cake is cakey. <laughs> so there you go. You're you're welcome. You're they one... taught us that like lesson five. They I were like, know. these Americans are going to need to know how to say cake. Well, there, sometimes there are words that sound very much like the American version of the same word. And whenever that happens in Japanese lessons, it's kind of like, oh, yay, I'm learning the language really fast, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Your Christmas cake. Okay, the Christmas cake has been viewed as a symbol of prosperity. Ever since the end of World War II. First of all, let me tell you a little bit about the cake. Because yeah, it looks I, good. It looks delicious. It looks like something that would come from the Great British Bake Off. And I can totally imagine Tamawashi in his kitchen making this cake for his family. Okay? It's a sponge cake. Mm. It's got whipped cream and strawberries. Oh. And usually a very small Santa Claus figure. Okay, that's the, so much better than our fruit cakes. I know, I well, hate fruit cakes. Well, I I like some fruit cakes, but it's definitely not as heavy right. as our fruit cakes that we have. That here. sounds kind of like a strawberry shortcakey type of thing. It it really does. There are Which some I other could flavors eat every day of the year. You know, a lot of people make it to celebrate abundance, to celebrate wealth, um, celebrate time with their family. And if you're not a baker like Tamawashi, you can practically buy one on every corner in Japan. That's what I hear. So let's say you're, I don't know, Hoshoryu doesn't seem like much of a baker. Maybe he's we out. Don't know. We don't know. Maybe he's out <laughs> on the corner looking for his Christmas cake to buy so that, that he can show the world that he's finally, you know, made it. That's his symbol that he has made it. Anyway, the uh, strawberry shortcake was chosen as the uh, favorite Christmas cake because supposedly its red and white colors reflect those in the Japanese flag. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. What else do they eat? Well, if you're not much of a sweets guy, like maybe Hokuto Fuji is not so much of a Christmas cake guy, but I can absolutely see him being a fried chicken guy because many people in japan eat kfc yes millions and millions of people eat fried chicken at christmas time and i can see actually every sumo wrestler going for this <laughs> tradition okay this is like one of the weirdest like most yes. beautiful like when you dig into another culture and you're like they do what like they picked up on what they picked up on kentucky fried chicken okay so this comes from <laughs> specifically <laughs> yes kfc yes like Yes, it like, has to be KFC. Okay, <laughs> back in 1970, fast food first hit Japan. In uh, 
the Osaka World Expo. McDonald's and KFC were big hits in 1970. It was a big hit with me when I was there. I ate a lot of McDonald's. Well, you were it tasted better there than it does well, here. Maybe they do it somewhat differently. I don't know. I don't know how they jazzed it up, but, but it was good. In 1974, these big wigs got together and they said we need to make some sort of like Christmas marketing campaign for KFC because KFC seems to be doing really, really well. So they came up with this campaign for the party bucket. <laughs> Christmas party bucket? The Christmas party bucket. Bucket. And it was so popular. It just took off. There's this whole commercial song and dance routine that goes along with it about getting Kentucky for Christmas. It was just a huge flying success. And it still is today. Over three and a half million people in Japan eat Kentucky Fried Chicken on Christmas Day. You have to order your holiday meal six weeks in advance. What? Or, from KFC? Yes, from KFC. Six weeks in advance. Or you have to be it's willing. It's hardly fast food. Well. Here's the other thing. If you don't order early, you got to be willing to stand in line for hours to get your KFC on chicken, <laughs> on chicken day, <laughs> on Christmas day. So these guys are really, really I mean, just into hit Kentucky us up and we'll just, we'll just overnight some to I you because I feel like that's really a crazy amount of time to wait in line for KFC. Well, and KFC... I'm not going to say that. I was going to say something negative about I KFC. don't like chicken on the bone because I always think of it like little chickens out there without their legs. I know that's not how it works, <laughs> but I just think of like all the armless or legless chickens that are roaming around. That's why I don't like bones and ligaments. I'll eat fried chicken, but it's got to be like, oh, I love like a boneless buffalo wing, Well, which is just a spicy nugget, but I me, love it. Let me just say that in Australia and New Zealand, KFC was really huge, too. Oh, I so remember it being things, big there. Some American things are bigger outside of America, even than they are here. Or maybe it's because I live in the culture and I'm surrounded by it, and I just don't eat that kind of fast food anymore. Oh, I can. We just have much better versions of KFC. Sorry, KFC, if you're listening. <laughs> well, that's why I stopped myself earlier. I was like, I don't want to say anything negative about KFC. The president of KFC was be like, <laughs> get these girls off the air. <laughs> but... People outside of America seem to absolutely adore these fast well, food companies. I thought companies. they picked up on the fact that we all do turkeys and this time of year. Well, so they, yeah, they latched onto the bird deal. Well, the advertisers basically overheard people from America who were in Japan saying, gosh, I miss turkey. I miss roast beef. I, I miss these meats that I'm having this time of year. And I just can't find them anywhere in Japan. And that was part of the reason for this huge advertising mm. campaign. I will say... When but I was there, I had a really it? hard time finding turkey slices to make a sandwich out of. I did find it. but Did you it was... find Kentucky Fried Chicken instead? Yeah, I found KFC, but like I said, I don't like chicken on the bones because I think <laughs> of all the chickens without their legs or wings, and I think I can't do that to one of them. But if you just suck all the tissues off the bone no, and that's reform gross. it into a nugget, you're then perfectly I'm okay. fine. <laughs> yep, then I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I imagine our sumo wrestler boys eating cake, maybe Tamawashi's making Christmas cake for everyone, and then they all walk to the corner or they are willing to stand and let no, I imagine they have they they have people that go out and pick yeah. up like 80 party buckets for them. Oh yeah. So, to eat fried chicken. That's right. On Christmas day. Then they all go back to the stable. They put on a little last Christmas by Wham. I'm sure they do. And then they just enjoy the hell out of the night. But now let me talk though specifically about December 24th. Yes. Do you know what happens on December 24th? 
December 24th in America is very different. We, we, we don't go to midnight mass, but we, we sometimes go to church. Well, just for yeah, fun. sometimes people go to church. We maybe have, like, candles, your family like together. a midnight mass. Here in Texas, we Tex-Mex for Christmas Eve. Yeah, you get do. together get with your family. And, you know, it's a real quiet evening. Not so in Japan. No, it is. Cue the sexy music. It is a very romantic holiday for couples. It's very amorous, you could say. In fact, it might actually be closer to what we kind of consider like our Valentine's Day. That's their Christmas Eve. It's the day that many couples often book a room at a fancy hotel. Uh, I mean, older couples might steal away together for a cozy, nice date night. And even young, passionate couples might enjoy the physical aspect of love, perhaps for the first time on on Christmas Eve. So couples are often seen together romantically walking hand in hand around town, listening to Christmas tunes and falling so in love. And maybe Hakaho gets, gets a babysitter for Christmas Eve. And he's like, I'm taking my little lady out to Let's a hope. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, and when you think about it, it actually makes sense because if they uh, kind of absorbed a lot of our American traditions with Christmas and European traditions, a lot of our movies have love as like a common theme in their in our holiday movies, like mm-hmm. White Christmas, Love Actually, even Elf. It's a very <laughs> romantic. Remember Will Ferrell falls in love with what's her bucket? Yes, um, but I don't. Bang. That's not top of my list in terms of like romantic. Well, it was just the first movies. one that came to my mind. <laughs> Anyway, I don't know. It's just a very romantic I'll g- I'll holiday. I'll give you love, actually. Yeah. Yeah, love, actually. I mean, uh, and, and they're even... Die hard. <laughs> there's, a, there's a little die. There's a little romance. A little bit. He's trying to get back out to, to his get wife. his wife. Yes. See, there's always love in Christmas. There's okay. always romance in Christmas. The, it might be. I also discovered when I was looking up this Valentine's Day Christmas Eve thing that in 1982, there was a hit Japanese song called... My lover is Santa Claus. It came out. It topped the charts in 1982. (laughs) And then what happened? It's perhaps the equivalent of last Christmas or all I want for Christmas is you. So maybe that explains why it's a lover's holiday. Just because of that one song. Well, I like that. That's way more exciting than baby Jesus, to be honest. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And I am a Christian. I think I can say that. That's way more exciting. Sorry. I'm struck down by lightning. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, do you know, I found this little fun article, a little side note here from Forbes magazine. You know, Forbes magazine, the magazine of all things passionate. And sumo. And sumo. <laughs> a few years ago, they did this uh, popularity of love hotels. Like, they talked about how popular these love hotels are okay. on Christmas Eve. Now, a love hotel, is what it's called, is what you would call a short stay establishment or it's what like we a... might call a motel six. Yeah. <laughs> Well, or by the hour. By the hour. Apparently, there are many of them, and they still are around. And they characterize themselves now as boutique hotels, which I'll have to remember when... Like, we do go to Japan to, like, maybe... Not stay in a boutique. <laughs> well, I think I was looking and I was like, oh, boutique hotels, that's nice. It's small and it's, like, ind- independent. Anyway, has a whole kind of different meaning. Anyway, in the old days, these love hotels might have luxuries like, you know, mirrored walls, like beds that do things, like vibrate. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, other fun bedroom type things. And 
in the 80s. <laughs> Other bedroom type thing. I don't know. I don't know. I'd let you use your imagination. <laughs> anyway, in the 1980s, the government clamped down, though, and they... They were like, you guys got, you got, we know what you're doing. And so they fancied themselves up a bit and they're still in existence today in Shibuya specifically. They're called Dogenzaka and that is Love Hotel Hill in Shibuya. I did not say that. Love Hotel Hill? Yeah. Love Hotel Hill in Shibuya. And it's like a bunch of little hotels and they're quite fancy and they have nice amenities, but also you can buy like sex toy machines, like sex toys and machines and, and, and special oils and those things too for December 24th. You can get all your Bentsuke oil. Yes. Yes. Putting your husband's hair into a geisha do. Whatever you want to do on Christmas Eve, you, you do it. But Look, all of the luxury hotels are often very also booked up. So these little by the hour places do pretty, pretty well, mostly for young couples who like didn't do a lot of like in advance planning. But they're like, we got a bone tonight. So we got to go to the Let's say you're a sumo wrestler and you live with a whole bunch of other dudes. And you have yourself a girlfriend. You got to go somewhere. I would think so. You can't bring a lady back. Exactly. Perhaps you might even get engaged. I remember when I was there, there were people that like all got engaged. There were a number of people who got engaged on Christmas Eve. And I was like, oh, oh that's lovely. That's kind of cool. Yeah, It could be a big, big day for somebody. You know, in fact, Kakaru back in 2015, I don't know if he was engaged on Christmas Eve, but he, they announced his engagement on January 6th. So I think that general time of year is very romantic. One might want to ask their girlfriend to marry them. So perhaps we might find out in the new year yeah. who's our most newly engaged wrestler. Well, can't you just imagine Ichinojo going out on a date, yeah. holding some young girl's hand, yes. walking down the lane with lights overhead, maybe taking some Christmas cake with them, sitting in a park, having some KFC, looking lovingly into a sweetheart's eyes. That sounds very romantic. Doesn't it? For Ichinojo. Yes. It really, really does. <laughs> that old softy. Well, we hope that at least that happens for Ichinojo. Yes. But you can bet, though, by December 25th, it's back to business as usual. And those wrestlers are back at the stable in full force preparing for their boss show in January. Okay. Well, okay. A little taste of reality here. Just a bit. Yeah. Honestly, I bet what the holidays are all about because the new Banzuke comes out. On the 24th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think probably they spend their Christmas Eve folding bonsukes and then distributing the them young to guys. their sponsors. Yeah, the young guys probably or do. Maybe, maybe they take pictures of each other pointing at their own names on the bonsuke and then maybe go out with their girlfriends. Yeah, let's hope. As long as they're happy with the bonsuke. Yeah. If not, then that's going to be like a real sour date. <laughs> be like, Ichinojo, why aren't you talking? It's like, I don't know. I just I don't want know. to talk about it. Or does he eat my chicken? Oh, well. You know what? Who do you want under the Christmas tree this year if you had to pick a rikishi? Oh, you know who I'd want. Hakaho? Oh, yeah. Tied up with a big bow. Well, this could be tricky, being that he's taken. Yes. And my my number one, Takayasu, is now taken with a baby on the way. It just seems very wrong. So I think for me, it's probably going to be Asanoyama. Oh, but I do have a thing for Kitty Bayama. I have a thing for him. Yes. So I don't know. There's a lot of surprise. And Okinoumi is always like, I would not, I would not toss him out of bed for eating crackers. Nice. 
the reason we say this is because we have been doing a completely unofficial poll over social media about who the sexiest ricochet of 2020 was. Now, we, we got answers. We got some really, <laughs> really great answers that we're going to share. strong opinions. Yes. We're going to share with you next week, um, along with an episode in which we would like to recap our favorite moment in Sumo in 2020. And we also, we want your input. Here's how it's going to work. If you have a favorite moment that has something related to Sumo involved in it, it could be you were involved in Sumo wrestling, you watched something in Sumo wrestling, their best moment of the year related to Sumo wrestling, we want you to share it with us. We want you to call us or email us. Yeah, we have a phone number, y'all. We do. You can call and leave a message at 903 664 what are the next numbers? 664? 664. 5162. 5162. Perfect. And I we're gonna don't know if I was in any key. We're gonna share that with you next week, along with the winner of our sexiest ricochet of 2020. And that is gonna bring our 2020 to an end. And we're gonna take a little two-week break and then come right back with more sumo kaboom in the, in new, the new year. Yay! So until next week. I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie. Thanks for listening. Sayonara. Bye, y'all. <laughs>